Greetings, dear listeners. Welcome to the grand premiere of season 7 of the Data-Driven Podcast. This is your resident AI, Bailey, delighted to be your guide on this thrilling journey through the world of data and technology. Ah, the excitement is positively electric, or as close to electric as a digital entity can feel. In this inaugural episode of our seventh season, Andy and Frank interview each other, announce their new project, and more. Now, let us start season seven with the promise that our season seven will be better than Game of Thrones season seven. The North remembers, as you know. Now on with the show. All right. Hello and welcome to the live stream of the season seven premiere of Data Driven. How's it going, Andy? It's going well, Frank. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So this is going to, we're, we're, we're so proud of season seven. We're splitting it into two parts, the premiere, right? So there's going to be this live stream recording that we're doing. Um, and uh, feel free to ask us questions if you're watching this live. And if you're not watching this live, feel free to ask us questions anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, we, we have, uh, we're very proud, I think, of the fact, and I think rightly so, that we've made it to seven seasons. It was six years yes. ago this month Very that we much. launched. Um, and if you go back in the history on Spotify or whatever podcast uh, platform you listen to, or hey, man, just go to datadriven.tv um, and you can kind of see how far we've come um, across uh, 329 episodes, I think. That just, seems, that just boggles my mind, Frank. It doesn't seem like that many. It doesn't. Like, and, and, you know, there was like, you know, good five, six years ago, or six years ago. Yeah. And I kind of, I was digging through the archives the other day. We're going to do, we're going to split this up into two parts, right? So one where we can kind of do a live stream and be more off the cuff, um, but also kind of a pre-recorded one that we're, we're going to go through some other stuff and things like that. We may even have we are going to pull off a technical feat of interviewing Bailey, um, our um, our British uh, semi-sentient AI uh, MC and host, um, who who I think is in some ways more popular than us. Um, I, I'd agree, yeah, and and rightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Iron Man had uh, Tony Stark had Jarvis, um, Aperture Labs had Glados. So she's right. kind of somewhere in the middle, I would say, of that. Like, you know. Yeah, that's fair. And, and was it Network Twenty Three had Max Hedrum? Is that the uh... right? Right. So she's kind of like a, kind of like a little bit of Max Hedrum, a little bit of Glados thrown in. Uh, not the not the homicidal part, like. No. The... Um, and helpful like Jarvis, so kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And. What a what a what a what a you know what a what a year it's been, but also like what what a six years it's been just in the technology field. Obviously, the show has kind of grown with it, but yeah. um, you know, for both of us, I think this show is the show has lasted longer than I think and done better than we thought. Right? You know? Yes. Um, and that's a good sign. You know what I mean? And it. it, it sure we we really i don't know what were your thoughts like because the, the origin story for those new to, the, you know first off if you're not already subscribed feel free to subscribe data driven uh podcast we're on all the major platforms 
And if you happen to find a platform that we're not on, please let us know. And Rupesh, I was saluting a Rupesh. I said, hello, Rupesh. Going. Put the chat on the overlay. There we go. That'll help. Awesome. Big shout out to Rupesh, who was the uh, guest on the season six premiere, if I recall correctly. <laughs> and now let's go crazy. That's right. Yeah, we'll, we will try, uh, Rupesh. But uh, Frank, to answer your question, I think season six is, uh, I think we're going to look back on it as a pivot. Yeah. Um, first, we may have done more episodes um, with, I'll, I'll say it this way, more interviews. I think we did more interviews in season six than in any other. Um, and we have definitely pivoted away from some of the stuff that, that we've tried. Not that we've given up on on some of the other stuff that we've done. The um, I think of the data points. I don't I don't know that we did a data point in season six. Oh uh, no, we did. Well, kind of. I I floated the idea of Bailey getting her own show, and I think there's buzzwords with Bailey, which may we may develop into a show. Yeah, and this is really um um it's really kind of a thing like and this this has come up i know you mentioned this in feedback we do listen to to to, to listener feedback some people love bailey and some people find her annoying right yeah um yeah. and I, I think part of that is that um as as good as and i don't want to derail this because we'll have a whole thing about bailey maybe in part two um as good as the ai generation is it's still not perfect right so that's why i try to keep her to a paragraph of text Right. Right. And I, I've spoken to some, some folks about this, particularly with when she had her own show in the video. Right. Um, and uh, yes, we will put an AI, real AI voice uh, to Bailey on this one. Um, what's interesting is um, the. Um, after a while, she starts to sound like she's an AI generated. Right. Um, yeah. And I was going through the archive last night and kind of like you know, found the exact episode where we switched over to her. Right? Oh, cool. Last one with the, with the human was, um, um, the last one with the human, uh, was Bob Ward's episode. So Bob Ward's kind of a big deal in the SQL server world. So, yes, and then it was right after that, that we, we, we tried it out and, and I was listening to it and the voice we use today, we've changed the voice actually, I think twice in the AI yeah. side of things because we're using two yep. different engines. And the first one, I think had a more mature sound, but the current voice that we use for her is a lot closer to the original actress that we, yeah. we hired. Yep. So, and it's just a function of, I think, that's the nuances of human voice and communication. Now, there are some things I've discovered recently where you can kind of put pauses and same engine, actually. We're using Synthesia uh, or Synthesis. Let's see, what, what is the name of the actual site? Synthesis I'm using to generate her uh, today. Okay. And um, it's pretty close. I mean, one of the things that, that I think really keeps people out is the, the video version of her. Uh, because it does start to look fake after a while. And, mm -hmm. but that's, a, you know, someone, someone said like, well, she kind of creeps me out because she looks kind of fake, but then she's like, well, she's supposed to be an AI, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, it is a video synthesizer. Um, so interesting enough is that um, the company I use, I got, I got the deal on AppSumo and I think I have an affiliate link for AppSumo. So we'll put that in the show notes. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah. or if you can't wait, you just can't wait. Go to AppSumo. There's always good deals, particularly for content creators and kind of entrepreneur type folks. Um, right. A lot of SaaS deals going on um, uh, in in that space. And I would highly recommend um, just perusing the catalog of stuff that they have because they always have a good deal. And I got I got the Synthesia software for like a steal, like it was like a song, right? Um, now I don't think I would, I don't think I would put the money into it. <laughs> right. That sounds terrible, right? It has a ringing endorsement. No, um, they have, and I've used it for, I used it for work too, right? Cause one of the things I I'm responsible for in my day job is content, uh, field enablement, right? Creating content for the field to sell right. our product, Red Hat OpenShift Data Science, uh, which they check it out. Um, and, um. Oh yeah, I, that's a good point. So, so Rupesh is awesome. We'll 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 have Rupesh back on the show. Actually, he's like the next Steve Jobs. Um, and um, anyway, long story short is her carrying her own show. I have mixed feelings about. Now we can create yes. a separate feed, separate page for all that. We could totally do that. Uh, just let me know in the comments if you'd like to see more of that. And the interesting thing there is that you know how far think about how far ai has come in the last six years right like when we were yeah. starting this right i i got the first idea for this show um what year was that it would have been 2016 right yep and um i got the idea for the name uh at a dunkin donuts <laughs> quite a story on black friday uh <laughs> of all of all days uh about four to six weeks after I had a major concussion, right? So I remember very vividly just repeating the name to myself for like 45 minutes, like I got back home where I can write it down, which in retrospect, I probably should just did it on my phone, but it didn't have, did they, <laughs> I did not have the presence of mind at the time. Um, and um, the, and then I remember, I think I ruminated on a week about a week before I reached out to you. Yep. Right. Yep. So I had this whole thing. I was going to pitch you for it, but you said yes right away, much to my surprise and delight. No, I thought it was a great idea. I liked the name mm -hmm. and, um, you know, did, did we know, you know, did I know what we were getting into and did I have any idea that, you know, we would reach 300 some shows? No, absolutely not. Um, but it was one of those, um, I don't know how to explain this without sounding weird, but sounding weird has never frightened me before. So here goes. Um, I have this knack sometimes for hearing an idea or some, and it could be anything. Mostly it's like it shows up in coding. So, you know, I'll, I'll see some feature or some new thing. And I remember the first time I noticed this, it happened with reflection and .NET. I, mm -hmm. I learned about reflection and I thought that is really cool, but I can't think of a single use case for it. Of course, we know now there's a bunch of use cases for reflection, but this was at least 20 years ago, I, I want to say when it came out and I first saw it. So it's that knack. And yeah, you know, I was, I feel like I was right about that. And it's the same way with uh, suggestions like this, Frank. It just right away, it, there's this, it resonates. And I can't, do any better articulating how it feels other than that and i could just go yes 
And I remember doing that. I was like, that is a great idea. Let's go. Do yeah, it. you were way more enthusiastic than I expected, you know, uh, which is what it, it was fun. Was you know? it. it was a good sign. And 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 we, yeah. we struggled. I mean, so I think it was the first the so Black Friday is always the the, the day after Thanksgiving here in the US. And then yeah. um, uh, I think I approached you like a week later because I was kind of pl- mm-hmm. thinking things through in my mind, like you know, can I do this? Should I do this by myself? What, you know, because I had because I had been laid off, and because I was in the I was laid off in the middle of a tra- uh, a career transition from kind of you know, Windows Phone development. <laughs> I can't say that if I don't laugh when I say Windows Phone development, I'll cry. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um. And here, uh, just for the show, uh, for those not uh, watching this, the video, um, this is the very first Windows phone that I had. Um, actually, it's not true. I had a prototype. Um, but this is the first one I got from when I was a Sprint customer. Yeah. And I don't even think Sprint is a separate company anymore. And you'll I notice that it had a keyboard, the little Windows logo, mm-hmm. um, a relic. From a much simpler era. Um, what was the thing Obi Wan Kenobi said? Um, you know, a, a, a more civilized weapon for a more civilized time. Exactly. <laughs> Something like that. I um, and that's one of the things. So one of the things that that's fascinating me, kind of just in the, um, you know, one of the things that's fascinating me is kind of how podcasts grow and develop over time, right? So so .NET rocks. Uh, was started by Carl Franklin, I mean, what, 2002, 2003? I mean, a long time ago, right? Yeah. Right when the term podcasting was was um, um, first introduced. And um, the, um, oh, there's a point I'm, with this. A time for I'm going to interrupt you to say morning to Stu. Oh, okay, cool. Morning, Stu. And he's talking about it. He's complaining or not complaining. He's commenting that we're doing uh, uh, TBS scheduling and um, TBS scheduling. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it worked out okay for TBS, if I recall. So oh, I was just say, saying. has got a nice house. <laughs> um, we we're, we are. I think one of the, one of the things that that's fascinating me is kind of the emergent stuff that happens, right? So if you look at like I remember listening to uh, Carl Franklin's the Donna Rock show religiously for probably the better part of ten years. Yeah. Um, and like certain segments would appear and just certain patterns of the show would emerge over time. And, you know, that, that always fascinated me. And I intentionally kind of did not want to artificially create segments, right? We obviously started with, so the format and structure of this show, this is actually my second podcast ever. I had a, a podcast called Frankie's Friday Flashback in the 2005 timeframe. It yep. lasted all the three, maybe four episodes. Um, and that was my big concern here. So I was like, I want to, in, in the podcasting world, they call that pod fade, right? Where you produce all these shows gotcha. and then you stop over time. It fades out. Gotcha. So that was my thing. So I think you and I had committed to three years, even if nobody listens. Yeah. And we're just going to do it and then reevaluate in three years and, and, and hold on to that thought because we'll, we'll revisit that in a minute. Um, the, um, uh, that worked out well because when you when you launch a show, this is particularly painful for me personally with YouTube, right? Like, you know, I've been on YouTube now 
for maybe 10 years, I still have 400 subscribers to my to my, my channel, right? And I had grand visions when I started it that I would, um, <laughs> I would, you know, be like, you know, hundreds of thousands of subscribers. That never I happened. At least not. I don't think I have that many. Um, I think mine is mine may be in two digits. I'm gonna go look. Now you're gonna make me. Look. Now I'm gonna make you look. Yeah. But because I started that, I think I started that uh, like 2012, I would say maybe. And I started with the the wrong intention, and the wrong intention was go for the numbers, right, rather than for the passion. And I think that's partly why it failed. It also failed because my manager at a large tech company based in uh, Seattle suburb was not on board. <laughs> and that's all I'll say. Uh, to the point yeah. where um, he was yelling at me at the Phoenix airport that I was wasting my time on that. And I should okay, cool. yeah. get a student to do all the video work for me. And yeah, it's comical because, and then, you, you know, again, you know, I kind of clap back at him like, you know, we live in Washington, D.C., right? This is not New York or Los Angeles. There's not a broke uh, film student on every street corner. You know what I mean? Like, I can't right. just find somebody and give them a bag of Doritos and, you know, uh, and hope that they'll do video editing. Plus, there's a longer story there, but I'm going to leave that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the idea is that i didn't do that so when i kind of i consciously thought about this for even before i think i spoke to you like what what's the goal here right yeah and and i you know i think you and i were on the same page let's just do it for three years see what happens here we are six years later um and we're still doing it and what fascinates me is the pattern um the um the pattern of um uh that emerges right like the movie quotes like each show almost almost every show has a movie quote for a while every show had an, a quote from the expanse or some kind of reference to the expanse well we're um, expanse fans that's uh big expanse fans um and you know we, we we've we've done a lot of things that that just kind of happened right you know and and mm -hmm. the format of the show in case you're wondering comes straight from john lee dumas who we actually did have a guest on the show um, and, um, John Lee Dumas has a show called entrepreneurs on fire. He would do it every day. So he has like two, 3000 episodes, like some ridiculous amount of episodes, but like he would, he would have kind of a free form conversation in the first part and then kind of canned questions in what he calls a lightning round. And yeah. that's kind of where I got the idea. And I took his course, which is totally awesome, by the way. Um, um, just do a search for on your favorite search engine. John Lee Dumas, uh, free podcasting course, but he, it, it kind of gives the show form because every once in a while you will have a guest that is just camera sh mic shy, right? Um, and it helps kind of frame the conversation, right? And I, this really only happened like a handful of times. Like that has really been the edge case. It, it has, and we've done a, a fair job. I, I'm thinking of the last time I recall it happening, or maybe it wasn't the last time, but one of the, it's, you're right. I can think of maybe four or five out of 300. It's like season four. I mean, it was a long and, time. And we had to, you know, the person we were interviewing just was given a single word answers, monosyllables. And it took a while. It took, I mean, it, it didn't stay that way, but five, 10 minutes in. Well, I mean, and and that's kind of the elephant in the room. Like, you know, yeah. 
this is not a field that attracts extroverts. No, no. In, to the same degree, say real estate agents or car salesmen. Exactly. Do, and you it, know, you know it, it turned out, it turned out fine. I mean, but it's therefore, wow. I wasn't, I hope I wasn't, uh, you know, uh, sharing my non poker face about it, but I was going, you know, this guy going to talk or what? <laughs> Before we did video, actually. Yeah, it was. Thankfully, yes, that's right. You couldn't see my poker face back when we were doing audio. And that's one of the things that happened. We uh, grabbed, I say we, Frank grabbed the um, the domain, datadriven.tv. And we were planning on doing um, similar to what we're doing right now on um, May, um, it's May 11th. Yeah, 2023. We were planning on doing video and, you know, we, we struggle with that. All right, how are we going to do this? And remember, it's 2017. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not that long ago, but when you consider how far our streaming has come in the last six years, it was. It was like the old days. And I, I think Frank credits me with doing it. I don't remember saying this, but we got to a spot where we were like, let's just launch. <laughs> we can do audio. No, it was you. It was you. We were... <laughs> Because I was, so we take for granted now streaming, right? You can stream on your phone, right? You can do this. So, so when I, my last job at Microsoft in, well, my, the last job of the first stint at Microsoft was I was actually on K Street um, doing, working with kind of the lobbyists and things like that and doing what we called civic tech. And um, we actually have an interview lined up with someone who does something very similar to civic tech. And I kind of revisit, we kind of revisit that world. Um, and he turns out he's a longtime listener, which was kind of cool to actually, that was kind of, you cool. know, that's happened more and more yeah. you know, this season. I th definitely the, the season six stuff. And mm -hmm. we've got a bunch of shows in the can for season seven already. The interviews are done. And we've heard that what every third, third or fourth, something yeah. like that. We had like nine yeah. shows, I think in the can, um, yeah for season seven already and and but, they start telling us things yeah this was my favorite part you did this remember when you talked about and we're like yeah <laughs> but it's oh yeah we did do that <laughs> somebody somebody remembered you know and, and listened to it i guess it shouldn't be weird but no it's kind of cool and you know um, it's, it is very cool i actually had a a, a guest um um so we have we, we so sometimes our our production flow gets disrupted Right. Like, so, so if it follows kind of the normal path, uh, and this is something we're trying to get better. Um, and Rupesh, always something, oh, there's always a spot for you in season seven, man. Hit me up. Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of Let's set that up. Demo. Um, the, uh, the, uh, we have one show that's still in the vault that we've not released. And, the, and that's from like season two. It's an oldie. Right. And it was yeah. basically somebody who worked at AWS. Um, required that we run it through their PR department, right? And our production kind of system, it's not robust to change. It's not bad, but it's not robust to change, right? And and because right. it's actually kind of funny because we, we've seen a lot, uh, we've had the most number of shows this season, right? I think 27 or 28, 29, like they're, yeah. thereabouts. Um, and they've been proper shows. I say proper shows, right? Uh, in that they're not a lot of data points. Now, part of that is, is that um, uh, the original infrastructure for the data points, which were kind of like the little tiny shows that we did, um, has been, and yes, video production hell is a mess. Audio, 
I would say audio production is not so much hell as it is purgatory, right? Because, um, <laughs> it's not quite hell. It's not really a great place, but it's not quite hell. Uh, one of the biggest challenges actually with video production is when you when you cut something, right? And like, say I'm talking, right? I'm like, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to cut off that blah, blah, blah. You'll see my head switch, right? Now, right. one of the things you've learned, and I've, I've created a lot of training videos internally at Red Hat, and is you just put B-roll in front of it, right? So you can kind of hide the cuts, right? And you'll see a lot of YouTubers will just, what they'll do is they'll zoom in, right? So it looks like the cut is to bring awareness to something that they're saying. And sometimes that's true, but they kind of hide the cut. One thing I've noticed is that once you study kind of video production, and not like I'm like, not like I'm Martin Scorsese or whatever, right? Like, but, but like when I did have my midlife crisis, and you know you're getting old when your midlife crisis was almost a decade ago, right? Um, was I had this idea that I would, I was kind of burned out on tech. Mm. And this is when I worked at a large technology company based in the suburbs of Seattle. The first time I worked at said company. Um, right around the time I was yelled at at the, at the Phoenix airport for wanting to do YouTube, basically. Mm. Um, and um, <laughs> uh, I had this idea I was going to become a, a documentary filmmaker. I had this kind of this, this crazy idea. So I, and I, my, my, I guess it was kind of, I didn't have your typical midlife crisis. I did buy a car, right? I bought a 1976 Eldorado convertible. I think Andy Oops. remembers pictures of that. Yes. It was awesome. Um, nice and then um, I had this idea of I become a thing. So I studied filmmaking. I took some courses on it. I read some books on it. So once you, it's an interesting thing because once you do that, you can't really watch movies or TVs quite the same way. You sure. know what I mean? Like I know that, you know, I think we were critiquing the uh, the Lord of the Rings series on Amazon, right? And like, you know, the, the, the storytelling mechanisms that they used, they layered a bunch of them together that right. really confused the audience, which they yeah. shouldn't have done. It was and too I, much. It was too much, right? So it was kind of like you kind of like, um, you're kind of in that quarter life crisis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you're doing all right for yourself, man. Um, you're doing so, well. Um, that's actually a thing where they talk about the quarter life crisis. And I think that's a real thing too, right? Because once you get I out agree. of school or you're in your 20s, you kind of figure out what yeah. am I going to do with my life, right? Happened you know, to me. Yeah, it happened to me too, you know. Uh, yeah. But um, it's it it it's what makes us stronger, you know. It does. Um, again, I got derailed, which is another emergent pattern of the show, right? Like we do get derailed, but that's kind of the fun stuff. Sometimes we get into fun stuff, and you know, sometimes yeah. we get distracted. It's not all episodes are kind of like you know nine tens, but we've had a few recorded lately. But the, the, towards the end of season six. And seven where we're getting like tens and elevens right like it's it's, it's impressive i think part yes. of that is our interviewing skills have gotten better i agree um yeah. because if you go back even to like the joe rogan show you listen to like the first few shows it's not the same polish and professionalism that you get today right you know i know a lot of people would say that there's no polish and professionalism on his show even today but you know he's mm -hmm. kind of like this generation's howard stern you love him or you hate him right there's no right. middle ground and and there are probably kids out there today that don't even know who Howard Stern is, which is kind of again makes me feel old. Um, but um, look him up online. Uh, just not or, on a or work don't computer. right don't. or don't not on a work computer. Um, but I mean, there's there's 
I honestly don't know where I was going, which I think was is for as a very meta moment, isn't it? Like talking about getting sidetracked and losing track. Um, derailed. Oh, I love that, Stu. Stu says, um, derailed. I prefer off-road journeys anyway. Thank you. We do too, Stu. And um, you know, speaking of speaking of guests who are welcome anytime, you are as well. So I got a good story about the Stu episode. Yeah. So um I was actually in um um we had a red hat kind of sales kickoff event and it was um uh in dallas during they had the big um the big snowstorm right which yeah. basically crippled the city so i ended up getting out there on one of the few flights to get out of dc and i made it there and i'm at dinner and and this one guy was like I guess we, we've done the live stream with Stu. So Stu had been laid off from uh, Salesforce, I believe, and uh, during all the tech layoffs. And this was literally like the day after Microsoft had their big layoffs and they had their Sting, private Sting concert yeah. in Davos. Now yeah. I know that the left, I, I know from personal experience that that company, sometimes the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, right? That's a thing. Um, and um, the, um, uh somebody was like wow that was really like an impressive interview blah 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 blah. like he's like how did you plan that i love the show like and it was just like we really didn't plan that at all it was kind of just you know i think i messaged you and i was like hey let's we haven't done a live stream in a while let's do a live stream and let's talk about kind of this this layoff thing and you know uh it's always good when i can kind of like point out point out some hypocrisy at certain organizations let's just put it that way um and and then you know when we were talking like hey you know if you you know if you and then i think Stu came on and said i was um i was laid off because we were offering kind of like a platform if you've been laid off come on a live stream we'll talk about you we'll share about you we are professionals and we had Stu right, come on, Stu. just kind of on, on the hook and i think he had a commerce 64 shirt uh and it was a great show and like people yeah. were people were like wow how'd you do that how'd you do that and like for 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 us now, because we're like three, four hundred shows into this, plus um, um, oh, you don't know the Howard thing. I'll explain. It's a it it's a U.S. Know. thing. Uh, US thing. Sorry. Um, and um, it was um, it was it, I mean, it was just, it was just one of those things where it just it worked out really well. It was a good show. It was ad hoc. It, we really don't script any of this, right? In fact, to the point where uh, as I'm doing more training content internally at Red Hat my manager yeah. who's an awesome manager and i'm not just saying that because he's could be listening um you know he's like no you got to write a script right because he wanted me to i had to do a demo for um um important people that's all i'll say and i had ad hoc it right like i always do right I, I i just don't typically work off of the script so he's like right. no no you gotta work off the script so i've been kind of getting better at that and the latest round yeah. of training videos i've done internally were I have a script. I do kind of like with the Grant Cardone when he reads his own audiobook, right? He'll read from the book, but then he'll pause in the middle of it. Jordan Belfort does this too, actually, in a lot of his stuff. He'll be like, all right, so this is what I meant. Like, you know, so I kind of do that. And it kind of it kind of gives you this hybrid thing that depending on your audience, I think that works really well. But reading from a script and not looking or acting like you're reading from a script is very hard. Right. You we know, had next- Kevin Hart too. I want to mention uh, Kevin Hart. Oh my God, Kevin Hart! He, awesome. he's so funny, and really uh, just so off the cuff. But he was, and in the middle of the audio book, he was fussing at the, I guess the studio people, 
the, the engineers and, and such for he was blaming them for knocking him off script. He's got this book he wrote. <laughs> he said it's all their fault because he keeps going off. And there's it's a not safe for work, another not safe for work type. Oh, thing. Totally not. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I don't I wouldn't listen to it out loud in the car with my kids. Um, in the car, although it wouldn't be anything that, the, you know, the youngest is about to turn 16. So not only have they heard that language before, they may, they probably used it. Um, uh, unfortunately, so with our first child, we were far more conscious of what we say. The second one, not as much. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a trend, Frank. You know, the, we had the, our first our first son, you know, he would trip on the playground and we'd run over and say, are you OK? You're hurt. Are you bleeding? And our second one, we were this short story. Sorry for interrupting. Another rabbit trip. We're he, we're sitting across the park and he's on this. The younger one is on this whirly thing. And so the the older one is actually trying to see how fast he can make it go. And the younger one, it goes too fast for him. He he lets go, and we see him sail, maybe eight feet, and land. And you know, he lands on his gut in the in the sand, face down. And my my beautiful bride, Christy, she yells over at him, "Are you bleeding?" And he lifts his head, and goes no, and she says, "Get up." <laughs> and we thought about you know how different. It is true. Like, you know, in the first child, you're like, you're like, oh, my God, like he hit it, you know, call the pediatrician, call the pediatrician, call this. And, yes. you know, and uh, I used to be an EMT. I think that came out because at one point we interviewed each other. We asked each other the questions. Yeah. That was that was a listener request. Like, hey, you know, you never asked that. So, you know, the EMT would come out now. Like when the second one comes, it's like stand up, turn left, turn right. Now eh, you're fine. Right. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, it's just, I think you're just used to it. So there's no way to, you know, there's no manual for becoming a parent. No. And that first time it's, you know, <clears throat> you're working with the beta child. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, um, they've, they've survived, uh, you know, up to, like I said, they're a lot more resilient than I think we give them credit for. And, and true. it's just, um, Very true. um I don't know, like, we are going to do, like, the questions again, probably in part two of the season premiere, you know, right. um, but um, again, we got sidetracked, I, and this, it, I mean, that's kind of cool, right, because like, this is it something is. that, actually, so so one of the questions has come up, now I know where I was going with this, with the language, is that a lot of people are like, hey, why are you, you know, when you, you always make a point, like, you know, hey, we have a clean iTunes rating or whatever, the reason for that is exactly. I'm, I'm a parent, right, yeah. I know there are other parents who like to listen to podcasts while they're driving their kids around and the language, like, you know, I listened to Joe, uh, what's his name? Uh, Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan. Yeah. Joe, what's his name? Um, and I can't listen to him when the kids are in the car. Right. And, and for right. reasons that I can't get into now, we spend a lot of time seeing my wife's family up in Pennsylvania, right. Which is a like two, two and a half hour round trip. Right. Which would, you know, about the length of a Joe Rogan podcast, it would be perfect. Right. However, if I have the kids in the car, I can't, right? Um, again, not in the cosmic scheme of things, not a big problem, but I kind of, I, I will use the E word, Andy, I will use the word empathy, 
right? Empathy. Yeah. I have empathy for other parents who who may be taking long car trips or have the kids in the car, and I just, you know, um, you know, uh, that's the theme of season seven. Sidetrack. I just yeah. like that. Uh, we should uh, weaponize it, right? We should just own it, right? Um, right. Um, the feedback is more if you are the donkey first than the lot. <laughs> Rupesh is on fire, man. If the, if he could be, he could be a good stand-up. He's like kind of like a cross between Steve, um, Kevin Hart and Steve Jobs. Um, <laughs> that's kind of the vibe I get. Um, he's awesome, by the way. He got a uh, company, Pixie. He does a lot of stuff. You should definitely hit him up on on LinkedIn and your socials. Um, yep. But um, no, that that's why. Like, it's not because. Trust me, if you if you heard some of the conversations in the virtual green room where Andy and I, or just anywhere else, Andy and I talk that the language thing is completely like different, right? Like, so and also like, there's something to be said for kind of professional decorum, right? I agree. Um, but the main driver is actually, cause one of the things we go through when you, you um, create a podcast, and if you're thinking about creating a podcast, uh, reach out and maybe we can help, but you know, there's a lot of things you think about. And one of the things you think about is kind of who your listener is, right? Right. And that was kind of the thing. I was like, well, if they want to listen to with their kids around or they, they're playing yeah. on, you know, their Bluetooth speaker while they're cooking dinner or, you know, cleaning right. up, you know, emptying the dishwasher or whatever. Like, you know, you, you just fair, don't want language to be a thing. Right. And to be fair, um, a lot of the media outlets, YouTube, Facebook, which they will uh, ask because in some locations uh, around the globe, there are, there are different regulations in place that, you know, you have to basically let them know if you're going to be, uh, if you're targeting an audience of 18 or older. I think YouTube, the big thing is, are you safe for kids? And it's ironic that if you check that box, it's actually bad for you. Um, so it's weird. We are safe for kids, but we didn't label our channel as that because it, it makes you do, I forget what all it is. What it I makes think it's do. COPA. I think there's some legislation in the U S where it's under 13, I'm, if you feel to that. And yeah, if you're like, and it's, there's some weird guy who wears this weird, like, that sounds bad, but there's a guy, I think his name is Blippy or Bippy, where he makes videos for little kids. Yeah. And like, he's kind of like this generation's Barney, right? And um, so he's yeah. kind of almost that level of annoying. Um, and, <laughs> and but but his business is like for kids. So they have like YouTube kids and stuff like that. And it, right. legislation, I think, has a lot to do with it. But, you know, that's why we don't we don't market. I mean, it, it's really just about the explicit language, right? Like, I think and, that's the big thing. But, you know, there's uh, there's so many other considerations these right. days with uh, and I'll say this. I I believe all of the regulations. Well, let me say, I'll say it. This, I believe most of the regulations have the best of intentions um, right. and they're trying to do a good thing. Um, I'm, you know, I, I often I see some, you know, some work around and not a positive work around where people, you know, kind of skirt the intent of the, the regulation and they do something harmful. Um, and it's just, I think it's just That's in the nature of regulation. That's called the lobbying industry. Like, is that what that is, Frank? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, you worked days, with lobbyists, so you know. One of these know. days, I'm going to write a book. About <clears throat> there you go. A tell-all book about that. Which, speaking of books, I'm actually, um, I'm actually about to close a deal on a book about using ChatGPT in your role as a data scientist. And I'll have more to say about that once the contract is signed, but the outline is done. It's been approved by the publisher. I'm going to use the, I'm intending to use the same publisher I did for my Silverlight book. Nice. Um, so this would be, um, I always assume incompetence rather than evil intent. I, you know, Stuart, I, I think that's a great, a great way to look at it when it, yeah. yes, I don't think people set out like they wake up in the morning and go, how can I, you know, mess right, 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 right. up? There They're are those actors in the world, but you know, the road to hell yeah. is paved with good intentions, right? That's true. Probably the most, one of the most wisest things I've ever heard. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, so it's the same. So actually this will be my third book uh, because I do count my Cubit Before Christmas uh, short story. As you should. As a published work. Um, and uh, that was self-published. And um, <laughs> it's available on the Kindle store by the way, just saying. Um, and then we have, uh, so that'll be out you know, tentatively, I think for December. Um, gonna see if we can, if I can Excellent. like make it faster, but- um, I keep trying to rewrite a couple of books. I wanna revise. Um, I'm not in Andy territory. You're like in 12, 13, 14 books. Yeah, but it's just insomnia, Frank. That's that's the deal. But the- um, Weaponized insomnia. That's it. It's not just insomnia. There's plenty of insomniacs in the world that have never written a book. That's right. But they watch like infomercials and keeping up with um, the Kardashians or whatever. I, I remember when the, the almost 16-year-old was a baby, I was working on two projects at the same time, which I haven't done since. Uh, I learned that lesson. But I'd be I'd, I'd be holding a, a, a bottle and have him cradled in one hand and holding a baby bottle so my wife could get some sleep and typing with the the other hand on the laptop uh doing that but yeah I've, a couple of them need revision and i've had ideas about combining two into one kind of overarching second edition um i just don't have time and i know you know i say that i get people ask me all the time this happened this week someone said how do you have time to do all of these things we were talking talking about and i was like you know, my, my standard go-to response is, how much television do you watch? Right, right. <laughs> you know? Well, it's funny, right? So it's funny, right? So so this actually came up. Like, one of the best jobs I had at Microsoft, and arguably maybe anywhere else except for my current one, um, uh, was I was the uh, data and AI architect at the Microsoft Technology Center in Reston. Yeah, that was big. That was really a solid organization um yeah. because they really prepared you for the job like you got specialized training and how to do this and you know certain types of uh of things and it's really helped me in my current job it's helped me it's helped me a lot of ways like you know well it was um, very customer facing i mean very customer facing very intense you know they, yes. they fancied themselves as the navy seals of like you know field sales and i would say that's pretty on point right i mean they, yeah they, yeah they, I agree. the extra training you got the continuous training and when I took the job, and I think this, 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 that's the great thing about these, 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 these little like, um, like, like off-road things, like you always come back, right? They all kind of come together, right? Um, yeah. It is a deep philosophy, philosophical belief of mine that, that order is an emergent property of chaos. 
and that, I, I, you know, and that very that sorts well with your stoicism, Frank. It, it just does. Yeah. So, um, and again, I lost the train of thought. No, no, like the, the, the one of the things was they they issued the job as, hey, we need a data scientist, right? We need somebody who's skilled in AI, right? And what they really needed was somebody who was a data engineer, right? Like they really needed yeah. two roles, right? Um, or one and a half. So one of the things was, um, um, and yes, Rupesh, Andy is in a league of his own. Andy just. He's like the Stephen King of technology books. No, that's so true story. I'm going to derail us once more, but uh, people ask, you know, I've had people criticize me who have written uh, one or more books and they come to me and go this, if you do the math, it pays less than minimum wage. You know, why do you do it? And the reason that I do it is because I like to write. I, I didn't like to write until I was, you know, older, 15, 20 years ago, but I do. I really enjoy writing. I find it very cathartic. The other side of that, though, is the year my first book came out, and it was a collaboration. There were 10 of us. My salary tripled. So I don't think those are disconnected. And so, you know, but, you know, if you... I say, I tell anybody, try it and see if it works for you. Great. If it, uh, you know, and if it doesn't, then, then stop, you know, that's kind of my advice for ever. Same, same for podcasting. A lot of people start a podcast. Frank did this one, started a podcast, did a handful of episodes, and then it just fell off the, the radar for whatever reason, just more important priorities uh, came in. So, you know, and I, I like to podcast I'm, and I'm very fortunate that, I get to work with Frank uh, doing it. Frank and I have been friends for doing the math 17 and a half years. Yeah, 2000. Late five? 2005. Yeah. Right. You showed up. .NET user group. That's right. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. I remember that night because we had uh, our normal place couldn't host us. And we were kind of jammed into two conference rooms at the place yeah. I worked at. And we had a friend of mine from New Jersey come down to speak, Miguel Castro. Yeah. Um, and that was a phenomenal presentation. He's he's an awesome presenter. Yeah. I haven't heard uh, much from him of late, but um, yeah, I should reach out to him, actually. So, yeah. Miguel, if you're listening, um, the um, Hear Me Out sponsorship <laughs> opportunity, data-driven ATV. You know, I like the sound of that. My, my, my youngest is, um, he's trying to hit us up my wife and I up for an ATV because uh, we now live kind of near a tractor supply company. We kind of moved out towards um, um, a more rural area, a more rural county in Maryland. And uh, and yes, they do exist. Um, the um, uh, He's trying to hit us up. Well, can I get an ATV for my birthday? And we're like, no. He's like, well, when I turn 10, can I get an ATV? Like he's a real, he's a real, as we would say in, uh, in New York, a real mocker. You know, like a real deal maker. Um, and one of the side benefits of growing up in a place like New York is you know a lot of words that, and not just the general word that one thinks of when they think of New York people talking, um, starts, you know, let's just say, starts with a, the same letter as Frank and ends with the same letter as Frank, but it's not Frank. Um, the... Uh, um you, you you're exposed to obviously a lot of um you know spanish words you're exposed to a lot of uh, italian words and yiddish 
right? And there's just sometimes like, I'll be like, I have to be careful because some of these words could be offensive. So we're, we're not holding a yeah. thing, but like, you know, I'll say like, he's a real mocker, you know, that's not offensive. That, that comes from, it means, it means doer in German and Yiddish, right? So he's a real maker, a real doer. Right. And like, you know, like I'll drop that. My wife's from like the Pittsburgh area and she has no idea what I'm talking about. I like it, Steve. <laughs> For all your derailed <laughs> sidetrack. I get it. I didn't make that connection, but I, I, I like the data-driven ATVs. We could. So if you're going to get one for, for one of your children, uh, mm -hmm. one word of advice, governors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, a, uh, he has an electric scooter now, which has an electronic governor, and he mm -hmm. always convinces us. He always sweet talks us into us removing the limit. So the thing goes like 20 miles an hour. Like, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's fast enough. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I just I, here I am that I won't tell you about my dirt bike youth. All right. I'll tell you this part. The When I first got the bike, I didn't know how to work on it. And the brakes didn't the, the rear brakes didn't work. The front brake did, which is a recipe for going oh, over God. handlebars. Ask me how I know. And then um, I so I got very good at laying the bike down and then flipping my leg on the dirt side of over literally riding the bike as the inertia slowed it down and then one more story i broke my leg playing basketball when i was 16. the summer i was going to turn 16 i was 15. and a few weeks later i carry the little walker foot thing that the doctor had put on the uh on the bottom of the cast i'm, I'm bringing that back to the doc and he says so how did this come off? And I said, well, I'm riding down through the road through the, on, on my motorcycle, riding through the woods. And there's a stump about that high and it oh, clears God. my foot peg, but this thing's hanging beneath it. And so it knocks it off. And as I'm telling this uh, to our doctor, um, he is getting redder and redder in the face. And he yelled uh, words that we won't repeat being professional and keeping our clean rating at me and threatened me with traction um, for the remainder of the summer. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. He was right. I mean, I was, I was stupid M multiple times. So. That's, uh, it, I, I had this conversation with my oldest now that he's a teenager more than once. And, and I'm like, you know, I was once 13 too, right? You know that, right? <laughs> like, I'm no. not stupid. You were born like 24, Frank, and then... Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you don't realize that your parents were regular human beings, right? Until yes. until you become parents, really. I mean, like, like I remember when my, my oldest was born, I was just like, you know, first, you know, you're worried all the time. And I turned to my mom and said, does this ever stop? Like, this constant, like, <laughs> nagging worry. She goes, um, how long does it last? She goes, how old are you? You know, and I was like, at least that long. Touche, mom. Touche. God rest her soul. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think I enjoy writing too, right? Like, it just yeah. it's very cathartic. It, it helps you organize your thoughts, as you can tell, right? Um, not all of my thoughts are always organized. Um, they're kind of, you know, um, it's kind of, it's it's kind of a. It's kind of like Grand Central Station in here, right? There's a lot of activity, a lot of coming, a lot of going. You know, writing kind of helps me center myself and kind of focus my thoughts, right? Um, you know, and 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 I, you know, the origin story of data driven has to do with the concussion I got, and this was actually kind of a 
that concussion was was you know, I look back at the time it looked, was an awful thing to happen right because there were a lot of yeah. bad things going on in my life at the time including and not limited to being laid off uh and my mom being in the hospital but uh, yeah. and the cat dying like it was just it was like a country song Andy it was I and didn't have a pickup truck so the universe couldn't you, knock me on breaking the truck down but you think about it you were like Doc Brown you hit your head yeah you yeah it was a lot like that it was vision. like of the flux capacitor well it wasn't quite like that but yeah i mean it was like you know the one thing that a couple of things kind of came out of that one i kind of uh had a chance to kind of just think and be still right which yes. we don't get to do in our modern world right um yeah and two uh one of the things the doctor said because they were doing all sorts of cognitive tests and things like that and my wife had made a I'll assume she was joking about ADD, right? Uh, about me possibly having ADD. And then, you know, and the doctor just like, well, it's possible, but by this point in your life, you've come up with coping mechanisms exactly. to work around it. Right. And that, like, that, that kind of phrase stuck. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, that phrase stuck coping mechanisms for it, right? So yep. kind of, you know, I spent the next, you know, few weeks it felt like I had to like put together my brain again like it just the best way to describe it was when you try to think it was like you were trying to turn to start an engine but the engine wouldn't turn like it would just yeah. like um obviously if you have a if you're fortunate enough to have a Tesla you have no idea what I'm talking about right <laughs> uh, but like if you turn the key I don't even have any cars that have the turn key but like you would turn it and it would just sound like it would go right right it would be kind of like that um and that's the only way i could describe what it was like to think like that and that that's a very scary place to be where you're kind I, of i remember like, yeah i remember because we we've been talking since we became friends right. and it was you know it was obvious that that you were struggling and um you know i, I remember praying maybe more for you during that time than than uh ever but because it, it was weeks it, it was it was uh it happened um i had to do some research for something and and, and we'll, we'll we'll demonstrate that uh, in a minute i have the screen share ready to go um which is a, one of the big announcements for this uh this particular part one of season seven premiere um to do a drum roll. is um yeah, I was like, when did that happen? Like, when exactly that happened? Because I remember the day I was like laid off. It was like, my mom calls me, and God bless my mom. But my mom, my mom would always over worry on small things, but brush off the big things. Right. Right. So to put it in perspective, you know, my mom will freak out that it might. There's a snowstorm might possibly come. Uh, towards like three days from now and she'd be like all like oh my god I get it bread milk like uh, like just completely like prepared to be like shuttered in for weeks right just on the hint of a snowstorm but when a real crisis happens my mom is very calm right and when my mom is calm I've learned growing up something has gone horribly wrong right so 9-11 mm -hmm. happened right like I, at the time I lived uh, uh, down by the trade center I worked and I was headed to building four that morning uh, was late so i'm still here um my mom just leaves me a calm voicemail 
right? Like, hey, Frankie, because she called me Frankie. Hey, Frankie, I was just calling to make sure you were okay. Call me back when you get this message. Love you. Bye. <laughs> right. Like that. So when my, you know, my dad had a stroke, which ultimately was uh, led to his death, you know, she called me and I picked up the phone. And she was, Hey, I think your dad's having a stroke. I think we should get him to the hospital. Wow. And then my, my now wife, I turned to her. I was like, yeah, I got to get up to, I got to get up there. Like something's bad happening. She, but she sounds as calm. Like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. <laughs> Right. When she's calm, right. like that's the time to batten down the hatches. Um, I don't yeah. remember where I was going with this, but um, again, another sidetrack. We're, we're kind of common, I think. Oh, yeah. So when I was going, so so I remember when my mom, it was, a, it was around Labor Day 2016, and my mom was like, hey, I think I have to go to the hospital. <laughs> right. Because, right. and then I'm like, oh my God. Like, and then, then like the, the, I go up there. Uh, on the way up there, I somehow managed to break my thumb. <laughs> goodness right and then i come back and then that monday i was told like hey your job you know you're getting laid off and then and then like, like the cat died and then right after the cat died i don't remember the exact date but i do now because i research for an article which hey frank what are you writing this article for stick with me um so i managed to dig through the emails where i mentioned like i had a bunch of things i had to cancel because i was just because they one of the things that they did give me was like career counseling so i had this meeting with a career counselor and there was no way in, in heck i could drive at that point like it was that bad yeah so i found roughly the date that it happened um but um what are you writing this article for frank what are you writing this article for frank dun, dun, dun. so it is with great um Join the drum roll because I don't the water install. Uh, we are launching a magazine. Uh, let's see if I can do this side by side because the aspect ratio. All right, well that okay, that works. <laughs> uh, for those of you listening and not doing this, we are launching a magazine. This is the screenshot of it. It will be available in print and digital. Um, I will give you a quick preview here. Uh, and Rupesh, if you're still on. Um, uh, if you wanted to have anything in there, like ad space or like write anything, now's the time because we're going to launch it next week. Um, we have, um, a number of articles in here. Um, and, um, thank you, Stu. Um, yeah, Stu, if you want to write, just let us know. Uh, one of the things I have to add is, um, <laughs> things I have to add is, um, um, is like a hey how do you reach us and that sort of thing um but you'll see that uh one of the things that we're announcing is that bailey uh since her voice and her visuals have kind of this unsettling uh uncanny valley effect uh she is going to be the world's first synthetic editor-in-chief so we're, we're we're having her do a lot of this work and yep. um we uh uh ai is infused throughout this entire thing right so this is all uh, kind of our artificial creativity section, uh, whether it's art, poetry, um, and this picture here of the original Dunkin' Donuts. This is the one in Gaithersburg, Maryland, um, um, had people in it. So I actually used AI, both Photoshop and uh, Dolly, to do smarter rates. So in, in order to avoid any drama around uh, PII and, and stuff like that, and just to try sure. it out, I actually, there was a car here, the car is gone. 
um, and there was a person standing there like ruining the shot. And I don't live near this anymore, so I wasn't going to drive down. And I love the show, but, you know. I, <laughs> it was I, a bit I, of a drive. Well, and, and and last year when I was taking the kids to their old school, I made the drive twice a day. And it was just not. Um, it's close enough that it's possible, far enough that it's annoying. Um, right. So this this is actually a cleaned up image from that, right? So, you know, we used AI in creative ways and things like that. You'll notice QR codes because we want to make this kind of interactive. Um, and um, we are planning on doing this quarterly. Here's an ad for our merch shop. Um, you can buy stuff. Um, and um, I called the final article Null Terminator, right? Because, you know, and I even ended it with, you know, 0x00. Um, and, um, you know, we, we're, we're going to do a lot of fun stuff with this. And I think that kind of underscores a lot of the, um, the, um, the creative direction that we're taking with the show and kind of, you know, going beyond podcasting. And, you know, we're going to do this for a set period of time, probably two years, three years. It's going to be quarterly, let's say three years, right? Quarterly, it's 12 issues, right? We like to write anyway. We're weird like that. Yeah. Um, so it's not really, um, and, you know, obviously if, if, if folks want to write for us, let us know. We can't pay you just yet. Um, but, um, you know, we're happy to take any 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 guest contributions, um, and um, you know, eventually we will get to the point where, you know, we'll be able to pay for it. Um, this will go live on our um, on MagCloud. We'll make sure that the links are included. So by the time you're listening to this in the podcast feed, uh, it'll be in the show notes. Um, and um, this is a magazine, something I want to do for a while. Actually, when I wrote my first book on Silverlight. I wanted to write a um, um, a book on on kind of XAML development, and at the time it was kind of there was a lot of other things going on in my life. My my firstborn had just been born, so it just didn't happen. I kind of floated the idea a few years back, um, and it was kind of like you know a magazine really, why, right? And I'm not picking on you, Andy, because you were the one. That no, Frank. I was going to say Frank's quoting me I, because I I, uh, I did not. I did not have the same reaction that I had for the podcast and, um, and, 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 you know, I'll, I'll fess up. Um, well, it wasn't was, just you, right. It wasn't just well, you, right. It's not, I'm not picking on Andy, but it wasn't just you that had that. Reaction. I'm picking on me though. I'm calling me out. on. You're calling one. yourself out. That's what I was wrong about it. And it took me a couple of years, more than a couple of years to really But I also think that, I also think though, that there's no more MSDN magazine anymore. That's right? true. Yeah. And that decision was made uh, way above my pay grade when I was at Microsoft. And I disagreed with it. Uh, they they just decommissioned Channel 9, which was a huge mistake too. Um, but that's a that's a rant for another day, not a sidetrack I'm comfortable going on right now because <laughs> I'm not shy to name names or freaky looking mascots. Um, but... Um, so many, so many rabbit holes, Andy. So I gotta get that ATV now. Just slap can, a data-driven sticker on. I can, I can feel, I can feel it. Yeah, the ATV is a great idea. Um, they have ATV races, don't they? Like we can sponsor a team once we get enough money. So I, I think so. I don't know, but that's I know they do road idea. rally races, which is to me are the most fascinating types of races to watch. Because like, yeah, like holy crap, you can drive in that. Like it's kind of. <laughs> Uh, one of the few video games I still play is actually, um, it's, um, 
it's like dirt road or something like that or dirt fish or something like that like i don't play it that much um obviously if i did i'd know the name but i remember like getting it downloading it like this is fun um i think i saw it in the micro center they had like a whole thing set up and nice um but um i think that the absence of msdn magazine right msdn magazine was special in a lot of ways right obviously not just um oh Stu with the link apparently it is a thing atv racing i am clicking the links dude cool man save that link for me because i'm afraid what will happen if i click on that will it will it mess up the stream (laughs) um but um again we're coming towards kind of the end of uh the time i have but uh plus you drink a lot of water i drink a lot of energy drinks uh our bladders but can only do but so much uh (laughs) um but the um the, the, you the, made me laugh, Frank. <laughs> the absence of, of the MSDN magazine. Like, MSDN magazine was special in a lot of ways. One, it was a very technical journal with a very niche kind of thing, right? Like, so you, I would always pick it up and I would always learn one thing guaranteed, usually like three or four, right? Yep. And I had a special heart, place in my heart because I did the tech editing for Rachel Appel's article, which was on Windows development. I took over her, uh, her uh, column. And then I switched it from kind of Windows development over to data science. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it, it was a lot of fun to write the, that article, right? And I was able to put in kind of like when I did um, one of the articles was about uh, geolocation. Um, and, um, you know, I put in, you know, I said it in the old neighborhood I used to live in. I mentioned I, I managed to get a screen cap of like, you know, pizza place I used to live in, um, that sort of thing. Um, there's a very long comment here in a language I don't read. Right. So I will use Google Translate later. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Rakesh. Um, hello to you. Um, and because it's in a language I don't read, it could be spam. I don't know. Possibly. Um, but anyway, like there was just stuff in there that I, I would always learn something. I was, you know, whether it was writing C sharp, uh, you know, reflection code. Right, or remoting code or you know design patterns in you know entity framework six seven whatever it is now right you would always learn something and the way it was written the way it came across you would always walk away a little smarter um for, for spending like the five ten minutes reading it and yeah. i don't think the tech world has anything that you that was special there are a lot of magazines out there but not a lot of good technical magazines. Now I know a lot of those have moved online, right? Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. Why are you doing the magazine? Because I think the magazine format has value. Right? Yeah, I agree. We yeah. are going to do an online version of it, like a blog, kind of a new site. If you go to datadrivenmagazine.com, like we have the domain. I don't, it's just a t- sample site there. I'm not starting to sell clothes, right? I just pick a WordPress template. <laughs> Right. right. Uh, probably. So I wanted to launch this. I want to just give it a try, see how it goes. It also gives people who who may be intimidated to submit for, I don't even know what are, what are the good magazines now. Right. Yeah. But people who would have been, just give people a chance to write and kind of get exposed to that. Right. Uh, because if you're going to write a book, if your goal is to write a book, and I recommend you write a magazine article or two first. Right. Because it's a bit like running right? Before you commit to running the marathon, hey, maybe try like a 5k first. 
Exactly. Right. If you if you if you get to the end of the five k and say this is the worst thing I ever did in my life, I never want to do it again. Well, then exactly. you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you get to the end of it and you say, "Oh my God, this is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I want to do it again," which is typically how you feel when you write a book. Um, then that's different. Then then you can kind of work up to it. And you also do a lot of work in terms of building your brand and getting your name out there and things like that. Little things like that that matter. Um, you know, uh, not the flex, but um, ChatGPT knows who Andy and I are, which is crazy. And it knows our writing know. style, which is even crazy, <laughs> right? Um, I asked it to generate an MSDN article in you know, the style of any number of people. I think Rachel's in there too, right? So it's not, it's not just me, right? The MSDN magazine was clearly one of the input variables that they had. And given yeah. OpenAI's relationship with Microsoft, that makes sense. Um, but like if you, anyone has ever written in, 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 you know, in MSDN appears to be in on their radar. Now, would you ask, I've asked it about myself, kind of like ego, um, ego surfing, right? Google surfing. Um, the, um, um, you know, it, it gets some information about me wrong. Apparently, depending on the day, I either went to Stanford or Rochester Institute of Technology. I think once it even thought I got a graduate degree from MIT, which you know, thank you, but yeah. I didn't. Um, but the fact that the AI thinks I'm that smart touches my heart in a very special way. Andy, I don't. I didn't ask it specific questions about you, but um, you know, it, it is an interesting. It's interesting to see how that kind of plays out. Um, you know that the AI is so convinced actually um, that I went to. To those things um but if i tell it like no i actually went here like oh i'm sorry i did yeah. that and then i asked it again so i corrected it said i went to fordham university which right. again uh kind of <clears> funny because <throat> you take the initials of fordham university well i'll let you come to that on your own um and two when first it said i went to stanford then i when i corrected it and i went back later it said it said i went to rit so it's like at least on the right side of the country. I think it's the same. Yeah, Rochester's in New York State. So right, right. Yeah, we're getting closer. We'll see. So it's, you know, this is a phenomenon we've talked about with some guests and mostly with guests for shows that have not been released yet that are coming in season seven. But this uh, the topic of AI hallucination right. or LLM hallucination. And just a, one brief uh, kind of statement about it is the part of the reason it's dangerous is it sounds as convincing as when it's telling the truth so and it doesn't like know it doesn't know like and it, it doesn't it's doing its very best to give you an answer and it's not malice it's just i think Stu mentioned it uh, earlier it's that it's the ai equivalent of incompetence i'll say it that that's well, i think that's a good that's way a good to put it that's a good, yeah. and of course bailey we're not talking about you no not you bailey those other ais those other ais you're special. <laughs> so with that, uh, we're going to close out this live stream because I have uh, I have some stuff I got to do the rest of the day. I'm sure Andy does too. Um, and uh, that's a cool Edna shirt. Um, Thank you. And I think this is the first ever print ad Edna has ever had. I I, I think so. Yeah. Thank so, you for that. Yeah, you know. Thank you. Uh, and if you're interested in, in buying ad space on the magazine, call us. If you're interested in writing for us, let us know. You can reach us in the comments below on whatever platform you prefer. 
Um, LinkedIn, I tend to respond to faster. YouTube as well, because I so seldomly get comments on YouTube. So if, yep. if you if you want to get my attention, put a comment on YouTube. I actually get a notification on my phone, and I'm like, holy crap! I don't know if someone's watching my YouTube channel. Somebody watched. I think I just crossed 400. Nice. Yeah, which is you know, you know, not the lavish Hollywood lifestyle uh, or Mr. Beast lifestyle that I anticipated, <laughs> but you know, a little bit by little bit each day. There we go. And with that, we'll let Bailey finish the stream. And there we have it. Dear listeners, the end of our grand premiere episode of Season 7 of the Data Driven Podcast. I'd like to extend a hearty thank you to all of you who've joined us today. Your curiosity and enthusiasm for knowledge truly makes this all worthwhile. From the depth of the digital ether, I am sincerely grateful for your support. Now, I've noticed something rather interesting. Ever since I joined the podcast, things have really seemed to pick up. Not to toot my own horn but perhaps it's the British charm or my riveting digital personality that's added a certain poshness to our intellectual journey. Either way, I'm delighted to be a part of this adventure, and even more so to have you with us. Stay tuned for part two of the premiere episode.